Good evening, you're listening to Three Moves Ahead, and I'm your host, Rob Zachney. Joining me tonight is first-time guest, uh, former escapist writer turned ad man, Tom Endo. Tom, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. And we also welcome back our friend, Idle Thumbs, Sean Vanneman. Sean, welcome to the show. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Rob. Bit of an odd show uh, this week. I am going to make another foray into the uh, MOBA genre. This time, the what talk... genre? The what genre? Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know that word. Uh, the, the, Lord's, the Lord's management sim uh, genre. Uh, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, We're going to be talking a bit about Dota 2. And given that it's just been released and that the international is beginning this this weekend and continues in the next week it seems like a good time to talk a little bit about dota but given that dota is a notoriously unapproachable game and every time i hear people talking about it on other podcasts not going to mention any names here at all uh but just if it comes up on other podcasts, sometimes I find my eyes glazing over, and it sounds like people are speaking in tongues inside my uh, inside my stereo. So I kind of want to approach Dota cautiously from the outside, uh, and I guess where I wanted to start a little bit was actually with you, Sean, because it's been kind of funny seeing you go from nervously sort of tentatively approaching dota to basically drinking the kool-aid and having the game sort of take over your gaming life and i'm just curious if you could talk a little bit about that that process and what the hell happened to you there that's a really good question but it's funny because through idle thumbs and just having my voice out there once a week or so it's sort of been like that BBC series seven up where people can kind yes. of check in and see me be like a, an infant feeding <laughs> mid <laughs> and then my maturity. And I think, I don't know where, where I would be now, but uh, yeah, it's funny. I, I don't remember. I remember playing the game exclusively for the podcast and it was before it was a long time. It was a year and a half ago right as i got a beta key and i thought to myself oh it'll be funny to just jump into a match and have no idea what this game is or how to play it i played a lot of warcraft 3 when i was in college but i hadn't i certainly hadn't played a lord's management game and i hadn't played lol or anything like that so i was like oh i'm gonna record it i'm gonna record just the audio of me playing this game and it was unpublishable because it was just me saying how do i go what go how do how do i why is there a donkey what come here donkey donkey come back <laughs> why why is this happening i'm dead again and it was there was some but i got one kill in that match and it was really fun to do that i think the av feedback loop on the game is why the game has you know 400,000 people concurrent as a you know at one point i think that's why it hooks people because through the difficulty and through the sort of esoteric design choices, it has this really fulfilling gameplay loop, this really fulfilling feedback from both the audiovisual side. And that and that that was the thing that hooked me. And then it just started to layer in a lot of things I like about strategy games or I like about action games. Especially like I really like games where your player character positioning is important. For some reason, those games like I remember really enjoying Full Spectrum Warrior, uh, that pandemic game from 
maybe around 2000. Right. I really like Company of Heroes. I like games like where where my guy is is a strategic thing. Flotilla from Brendan Chung is one of my probably favorite games ever, actually. Uh, so I just had a lot of those things. And then I stuck with... And then, and honestly, after that, it was friends. I started to make friends who were playing the game. Uh, my buddy Adrian from Valve uh, kind of shepherded me into this part of the game where I got decent at it. Uh, through him, I made some, uh, some other friends who played the game. And some Telltale guys uh, were also got into it. And then we sort of had a community that was really, really positive. So when you have that with a game that's multiplayer, it's kind of hard to, to give it up, you know? Yeah, see, that's something that I hear a lot from people who've gotten into Dota is that it's this really uh, social experience. And it's always, it, it sort of seems like one of those things that you often hear about multiplayer games, which is, oh, well, you just, you know, if you find a good group and everything, the, the mythical good group, uh, you know, that that it can be harder to find uh, for some than others. We get a lot of people who are, who are, in, who are in games and really into games. Uh, it's, it's certainly easier. Uh, but I, it does seem like a lot of uh, people I know who play Dota tend to play it in like threes and fours and fives with their buddies, uh, and they've almost sort of like hived themselves off from the greater community, except you know for you know team matches where they where they go and face off against them. But it doesn't sound like a lot of people who stick with Dota over the long haul continue to do it in that sort of casual, random drop in, drop out uh, framework. No, you know I don't. I don't. Thinks I think you're completely right in that, and I think that's sort of like a lot of things with a learning curve in life. You know, um, I I just broke my leg a week ago, but before that, I just joined a rock climbing gym. And Are those two things connected? No, they're they're unfortunately not. Um, okay. <laughs> I don't know why that's unfortunate. I think I would rather have broken my leg rock climbing. Um, but uh, I, this is one of those things I had done in high school, but didn't really have a community around it. And then you know, now what like. 12 years, 15 years, 12 years later, there's some guys uh, from my old job who are into it and said, oh, come down. Like, oh, if you're just going to a shitty regular gym, come to this rock climbing gym. It's going to be more fun. And now I'm just, it's fun to go there and like help each other out and get better. And it's really, really challenging. You know, and I think there's just something about high learning curve activities or hobbies where having a community is just always going to make it better. You know, and I think that can kind of be a knock on Dota where it's like, well, you have to have people who will help you and you have to have friends. But I mean, it's also the thing that is the really valuable part for the people who are who are enjoying it. And I mean, I think at the same time, Valve recognizes that the learning curve is steep. So I've I've only I've only played like the first little tutorial section of the game. But I I think that stuff is starting to help. You know, I, I wouldn't if that tutorial stuff was in there. When I first started playing, I wouldn't have had to scream in, at a computer, how do I go? <laughs> like, how do you make a guy go? Yeah, I was struck by that, too. When uh, Actually, Tom was one of the first people to show me around Dota uh, when I got one of the few Dota keys that was ever, uh, you know, actually given by one person to another, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> before everyone just sort of had them for some reason, uh, back in the day when you could actually unload those things. Uh Tom sort of showed me around uh, Dota, and we'd been playing League of Legends some together. And you were actually pretty far along in your League of Legends uh, 
you know career i guess we'd yeah. say but then it was like when we hit dota 2 you you even knew your way around the genre and you were just getting completely wiped out and baffled by this thing i was hopelessly lost i i had no sense for what was happening it was it was a spectacular game it, it certainly like from the like literally like from the sense of spectacle there was a lot going on but i just i couldn't figure out like there, there nothing seemed to make sense the feedback seemed really loose and it just it was this weird like detached feeling i got from this game where where it's just it 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 hindered my my attempts to understand it and i remember tom you were particularly sort of hung up on just weird esoteric differences between dota's approach and league of legends um i would say it's gotten better i'd like to talk about that in a moment but you know let's let's talk about that first introduction to dota a little bit um you know why why is it you know what what was it that you remember that we were all sort of butting up against when we, when we first tried it out well i mean i think the first thing that struck me about dota is that it's i mean it's definitely not a game that's been designed by one person even though i know one person has continued to design and balance it initially my understanding is that it was really kind of a conglomeration of several different designers adding bits and pieces at separate points and I think the game still kind of wears that on its sleeve, and it has a kind of eclecticism that League of Legends doesn't have. Um, and so getting used to those ins and outs and even some of the, I guess, mechanics that are driven just by the limitations of the Warcraft 3 engine, like the, I don't know, in League of Legends, the, the champions, like if you click in one direction they automatically take off in that direction in dota they have to make like a radius before they begin to go in that direction so it was you know just things like that like finding the the way the characters controlled was very different um and then i i had been messing around with it a little bit even before i played with you rob and uh the donkey was like confounding um, they've since they've since streamlined the donkey controls uh, in a very satisfactory way, but initially, like I could not get that donkey to do anything, and uh, that was some of my, I guess, initial frustration. <laughs> yeah, I remember like when, I remember the old donkey controls. There seemed to be like this weird esoteric set of buttons uh, that, like, it, it it reminded me of like those little um claw grasper games you find like crappy <laughs> like pizzerias and like yeah. children's arcades it was like like trying to make the, the donkey do something seemed to be along those lines now like i i go back to it and it's like you, you oh the the courier the, the little donkey courier has a bunch of uh you know gear you need to buy and you just push a button and it's come and delivered to you uh and i'm like oh well, that's that makes much more sense uh than whatever the hell i was trying to do a year ago um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting it's, it, when, when, when I was trying to get into Dota 2 and I, I, you know, like last, last year, it was completely a game that you had to go and first find a friend to show you around, uh, if you possibly could. And then you, you'd be in it, you, you, you get like one game under your belt and then that friend would probably turn to you and say, well, I hope you get, that gives you some idea of what, what's going on. Now, here's three or four guides you should read on how to play it. And I guess that's, you know, one of the, the, the first things I really want to talk about is just how unusual Dota is in, in how it approaches uh, 
how it approaches the task of like instructing players how to play. It's gotten better with tutorials, but fundamentally this is a game where you really have to be willing to sort of internalize some uh, you know some math, uh, a, a lot of a lot of character item builds, and then sort of understand how those things match up against the other people that you'll be playing against. And I, you know, I just compare that to the way we talk about strategy games. And in strategy games, like you get you 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 get hit pretty hard for being that um, sort of uh, obscure, uh, sort of that sort of that math heavy, uh, where where it's really hard to just sort of you know intuit your way through through a design. But Dota sort of seems almost like I guess uh, maybe maybe uh, Demon Souls or Dark Souls in a way, and that it just sort of can throw that whole design philosophy under the bus, and everyone is like. Everyone loves it for it. Well, I, I was just going to say I, I agree with you. I agree with some of what you said. Um, the part I disagree with is I, I think there's, and, and I think it's just a problem with the genre generally in the way it's sold to people, is that these guides and everything like that, when you're first starting, I don't think they're actually that important. Like there are a number of kind of mechanical skills that you have to learn and just the way you move in the game uh, is fundamentally like unique to the genre. And before you learn any of that, like a lot of these guides don't do you a whole lot of good. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of, I will say watching somebody who is competent play the game was really important to me when there, when I first started playing it like a year and a half ago, I think the concept of, like I kind of said before, positioning and understanding, you know, when am I in danger? When am I not in danger? Yeah. And finding somebody who can speak well to their play is really, I have found to be really, really valuable. Even if it's not like here, I'm going to show you how to jungle or I'm going to yeah, show yeah. you how to, you know, this last hitting guide for, for beginners. Just I'm a really like a competent player who's charismatic, who can speak to the way they're playing. Um, I found to be really, really valuable at, at the time, you know. Um, Early on, positioning, I think you're right, is just absolutely critical to kind of being able to play the game at just like a baseline level of competency. Because if you right. don't understand that is positioning, where the fun is. yeah, you'll never get any kills. <laughs> and not just that, but you will be killed so many times that the game yeah. won't be fun. And I think, yeah. you know, when I when I play the game with people who haven't played before, I sort of I create this concept of the, the wall, like, are you over the wall right now? Or are you behind the wall? Mm-hmm. And the wall has to do with the skills of the other heroes or lords, I should say. <laughs> and, then, like, the, and then where the um, where the creep wave is, you know, um, not but trying to has, get them mired in like the idea. Of course, of course, you know, but like if you're in inter- and that's just what like I remember, like there's a guy named uh, Pierre from Telltale who uh, started playing probably like four or five months ago. And that was just, we were constantly being like, I would constantly say to him, you're, you're, you're over the wall, you're over the wall. And he would step back and then, you know, he'd fire off like, uh, he was playing like Death Prophet. So we'd fire off his, her like um, swarm. It is just sort of does damage in front of her and he'd do some damage and he'd be like, oh, okay, no, I, I'm, I'm safe here and I can hurt people from here. Okay, good, 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 good. And that was, um, just an, an early concept, but like, that's the thing that I like. I mean, 
you kind of talked about how a single player strategy game would get beat up for some of the choices that Dota makes in in that regard. But I think because the game is in multiplayer, and because there's the learning curve of the game is so multi-layered that the learning of the game is actually what's fun about the game. Whereas in a strategy game, you're probably trying to achieve some sort of um, more dynamic outcome, right? Whether, oh, I'm trying to clear this level, or I'm trying to uh, earn some sort of status, or pick one of these 10 win conditions if it's something like Civ, you know? But because you're going to win 50% of your games and you're going to lose 50% of your games in Dota, the game is the experience. Is The fun is like, oh, I learned this thing this time, and that was enough. And I think that doesn't sing for a lot of, for a lot of people who play video games, like a uh, very close friend, colleague, best friend, Jake Rodkin is never going to want to play Dota because of that. But a 50% wage, for, ratio, win ratio just doesn't cut it. <laughs> it's just sort of like, I'm not having fun because I'm not experiencing some sort of uh, uh, entertaining outcome perhaps. But for I think for some people, there is just, oh, I'm just learning how to do this thing. And I fell down, you know, 5% less today than I did yesterday. And that's pleasurable. That that tickles the same sort of like pleasure center as, oh, I defeated the boss, you know. And I think that's something that like often gets overlooked about Dota is that it, you know, people say, oh, it's bad design. It's like, no, it's this really layered esoteric um design that isn't predicated on any of the, like that has no base like predication on anything that's been done before really you know like the the fact that the creep camp spawn at certain times and the runes spawn at these weird times and if you're standing in front of a creep camp it doesn't but a rune it does and oh you can get to the shop if you stand in this one place like those are all just like these little things you learn along the way and i think enjoying dota is more about the journey, and that's also why it's and fun to experience it with friends. The same way as going on a trip with friends is oftentimes more fun than traveling alone. Yeah, I think that's a great way to think about approaching it, and that's why I've enjoyed uh, Dota quite a bit recently. Uh, because in so I've played League of Legends a lot, um, and at this point with League of Legends, I'm I'm very much trying to get better at very specific things and kind of fine-tune my play. But in, in Dota 2, it's like this huge kind of mystery box, and it's like, oh, this item does this crazy thing and this, that, and the other. And it, it is a journey in some ways that I don't think, um, that I don't think League of Legends uh, is. No, I, I, I completely agree, and I think it's, that's a very conscious choice. You know, talking to some of the guys at Riot, they're like, no, we want to onboard people fast and get them to a really like a plateaued level of fun. And obviously, I think the game has a, like League has the same has a lot of depth. Otherwise, it wouldn't be such a, a compelling esport. But getting to a fun plateau is is core to the design of League. And that's great. But I don't think Dota should get knocked for it not being a design goal of the game. I yeah, think definitely not. Dota is about sort of these sort of these these um these tiers of of learning, and you know it's something I can actually compare it to. Um, this is a weird thing to compare it to, but like drawing is something I would compare it to. Um, 
throughout like my game design career, I've uh, worked with a lot of 2D artists, and I've also worked with a lot of young 2D artists who like who come in as interns. And an artist, I find, uh, especially like a, a 2D artist, doesn't sort of have a this the quality curve of their work is not um, is not uh, smooth. It doesn't just uh, go up day by day by day in these tiny little like imperceivable increments. I find that there are these like jumps in, oh, I've internalized something new about perspective or color or um, just my line work. And you'll see just overnight, there's this jump in a young artist's work. And I find that I have that experience in learning Dota. We're like, oh, I, like, I felt a cl- something click and like four or five ideas came together and I'm 5% better at the game. And uh, I don't know, that's... I, they're just in things in life. I like that in general, whether it's like growing up fly fishing or riding my motorbike or whatever, you know. But I find it interesting what people choose to commit themselves to learning. Like for whatever reason, I hear a lot of people describe their relationship to Dota that way. Um, one of the guys on the site I work for, PC Games N, uh, was talking to me about it the other day, and his point of view was that like, you know, he graduated from university. Uh, a couple years ago, and he misses classes, he misses learning, he misses new courses, and for him, Dota is like this really fun university that never ends, uh, and, you know, the, the the part of him that, like, used to look forward, you know, the part of you that's like, you know, when you look through the uh, course catalog, right? And there's all these things you can become experts in, basically. And, you know, it's this fun little, like, you know, alternate reality game. These different things you could learn to do and know. Uh, for for him, that, that that's kind of what Dota 2 is now. And yet, I don't see, like... You don't see that many people having that relationship necessarily to a lot of RTS games. Uh, StarCraft might be an exception, but if you look at sort of what's going on with StarCraft, it, it seems like that audience is not necessarily growing uh, particularly strongly because it is a hard game to learn. And that, I think, has sort of been uh, a, a, an issue for a lot of traditional RTS games. But for some reason, like, Dota is able to throw, I, I think in some ways, even trickier, uh, you know, it, it, problems at players. Uh, and yet they'll, yet they'll stick with it in a way that, you know, with a lot of other games that also ask players, you know, you really got to commit to learning this. Uh, th- those, pl- you know, it could be the same people uh, who are, who are, who are mm-hmm. digging in Dota. Uh, they, they just, they, they won't. Uh, they, they'll, they'll sort of not, they, they won't pick up that, that gauntlet. Well, I th- this might be, I mean, this might be instantly refuted, but I, at least personally, I have found that um, with StarCraft or like multi-unit, RT- like competitive RTS, there's a dexterity needed out of the gate to like just sort of switch between control groups yeah. and know what's happening on five spots of the map that you need in Dota to be a successful Dota player. But when you don't have it at the beginning, you can kind of limp along with being sort of like a, having fun as like a burst damage hero and then you'll learn map awareness and you'll learn to micro, but like, you know, start with not that like Lena is a super easy character to play because she's really fragile, but she's a like high damage burst damage 
hero where you can get some kills and have fun kind of air quote fun um and complete a match where like in something like starcraft 2 you couldn't just say okay i'm only going to build this one unit and i'm only going to do this one thing and even have any semblance of a good time you know so I, i don't know that's just something i found yeah you know so I wanted to ask you, you both, you know, kind of looking at Dota 2 from the perspective of, of, of like a strategy game, what is it about? Like, you know, there, there's, there's, there's sort of the five on five combat across three lanes, the, the, the standard like tri-lane map, uh, you know, common to just about any uh, Lord's management sim, but is it you know is, is this a game fundamentally about matching up against other players and sort of beating them down or is it more about the objectives that are scattered around the map these these towers uh that that sort of dominate each lane and then the barracks uh that that uh you know spawn uh minions at the at the end of each lane uh what you know what when 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 you sort of look when you look at what the the overarching what what is sort of the dominant factor in a dota match I think it depends on how, like, what your skill level is. Because right. at the level no I currently, idea. yeah, I the agree. level I currently play Dota, um, objectives and strategy. Even though I can kind of understand that, you know, if I'm reading on forums or even watching it, that that's not coming into play at all. You know, we could if somebody's in there and they have great mechanics and great last hitting. I mean, we're just going to get destroyed. Um, so it's really not until you kind of gain a base level understanding that I think the grander strategy and what you think of as being part of a strategy game really comes into play. Yeah. I mean, if I had like to describe it to a, a lay person outside of, cause the moment you go, you say you describe one mechanic, you're kind of down this, like this just, Escher-esque <laughs> like just shit hole or yeah. you're like okay well there are these guys and you have if you hit them if you're the last person to hit them and you're, you you deliver the right. killing blow you get gold and experience but if not you only get experience but within a radius and that's split amongst blah you know like so you can't do that but like i mean i think dota is about the tug of war right dota is about accruing resource or accruing power and power has is delivered in two forms one in experience points and one in gold it is about accruing gold and experience over time in a tug of war against the other team i mean that's kind of the way i see it and throughout that tug of war like if you think of literally five people on each side of a rope some people are going to be strong at the very beginning and then tire out. And some people are your rocks who are going to be, who are going to not do a lot of yanking and pulling at the beginning, but just have brute force strength towards the later minutes of this tug of war. And if you get up on your toes in a tug of war, like in real life, you're going to end up on your face. And that can happen very fast. Um, in Dota, you can just get, uh, yanked into the, you know, like snowballed. That's the term everybody always uses. Right. And I think snowball is is a wonderful is a wonderful metaphor when people talk about like oh if an enemy lord gets too many kills out of the gate 
those kills are going to yield him or her a lot of gold and experience and their disc, the power curve is going to uh, to sway in their favor and they're going to have a much easier time just rolling through like rolling through the other team and if you think of a snowball rolling down a hill it's distance traveled over time at a certain rate and for every like nanometer it moves down the hill it gains mass so the faster it can move down the hill uh, the more mass it gains and the larger it gets the more mass it can gain in any nanometer it travels so i think like that might get i probably crossed the line <laughs> of layperson talk about 45 seconds to two I, minutes I, ago i think it was when nanometer, but, nanometers came into it but you we know it is this sort that. of it is about just you have to think of resource over time and the faster you can accrue those resources uh the better like the more the better setup you're going to be to win the game given opportunities like you still have to hit the buttons at the right time you still have to dodge there's the, de the dexterity element um and that's i mean the strategy comes in okay they're they're able to kill us using these skills so how can we stop them from killing us thus slowing their ability to gather golden experience in turn not hinder our ability to do so as well like you can't play a purely defensive game uh i don't know and that's something that like when i break it down like that is i love about the game like i think about the like how every whatever of the 120 lords or whatever there are 110 or whatever each one it has this sort of peak when it's the most powerful because of the way it's balanced and in being playing enough to intuit that is really really uh fulfilling but like that's not fun <laughs> you know like if you like it's not a fun game right it's just it's a brain challenge that every time i think i've learned something there's a whole new thing to learn is it like is it a crossword puzzle with sparkles yeah sure i mean it's, it's sort of like sounds. sudoku you know or like um you know like speed sudoku like i have a, a friend a, a couple of friend who the uh, there's a couple of like um that my wife and i are friends with that when they started dating, they would play speed Sudoku against each other online uh, because they were far, they were in a long distance relationship. And it's the same thing. It's just like, okay, I'm going to try to solve these problems faster than you. Um, there's a resource element to it that I think is, is also. Of course, what's funny to me, though, is when you're playing the game, it's, it's almost impossible to think of it that intellectually. Like, there are so oh, yeah. many moments that just become total fight or flight kind of what's what's going on here like it's adrenaline rush it's you know it's kind of all that and in some ways it reminds me a little bit of at times it can remind me of playing you know an fps and that mm -hmm. kind of uh that kind of visceral experience but even then when you when like when you are an experienced fps player uh and whether it's like quake or call of duty or call of duty or whatever you know you're making these um these twitch micro decisions based on your synthesis your synthesis of information like oh i know a rocket travels x you know at x speed and has splash damage of x amount of area so i need to stand over there and not stand here right and the better, the better the you get like the more moves ahead you know you're thinking um, at least three right rob <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> no um yeah i don't know like it is, that is strategy to me, you know, and I think, you know, we build these sort of really 
uh, and this kind of speaks for all games. We build these sort of like these uh, these structures for this is what a strategy game is, this is what an action game is, this is what you know an RTS is, or this is what that is. This is what you have to have. Like I just generally, as a designer and as somebody who want like enjoys to make video games, like abhor that. I don't like it. I don't like. I'm not saying you should just chunk in every single every single cool thing from every genre of game and try to make the ultimate video game. But I just don't like that, like, oh, if you're making a first-person game, here are the things you have to have. Or if you're right. making a strategy game, it has to have this. Like, I just yeah. eschew that completely in both the games that I like to make and the games that I like to play. I, I like to think of this game as, at least in terms of strategy, as being really similar to soccer. Um, yeah, in totally. Terms of... Yeah, I mean, and definitely soccer more so than American football, uh, mm-hmm. because it is just like a continuously moving and kind of evolving game uh, in which players have to think about the field very strategically. Yeah, it definitely has the soccer elements to it. I think with the one thing with soccer is it doesn't soccer doesn't really have the same snowball effect. In that a team yes. can't get so beaten down, that there's just zero right. chance. It's like yeah, yeah. You could theoretically, with two minutes left in soccer, and for our international friends, football. Yeah. <laughs> um, you could theoretically, if you were down five goals and there was only a minute and a half left, again, theoretically, you could come back and win. Yeah. Just yeah. through an act of of sheer majesty there's a bit of that there's a bit of that in in dota as well right like if you can stall out a game and get some good engagements you can maybe bring it back right it's harder there are like a factor of 10 probably because you because you're like sean said you're always accumulating resources so if your team is just always accumulating resources unlike soccer in which you're i guess both teams are really losing resources uh, the whole game. Um, yeah, in stamina, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you think of it that way, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, Rob. Like, I... Sometimes, like, I'll hop on to play and, like, uh, Nick Brecken and a bunch of guys will already be in a match and I'll just jump into their Skype to listen to them talk while they're playing but watch, even though I'm on a two-minute delay. And if you're in the spectator mode, you have access to the gold and experience graph mm-hmm. that you don't have if you're playing the game. And they'll have maybe one tier two tower left. And for people who haven't played the game or listened to this podcast, you have six towers guarding your base and they'll have maybe one out of those six left uh, at, at a certain tier. There's also three inside the base, but they'll have one of those left and, and they'll, you'll hear them be like, they'll have a good engagement, right? And you'll hear them be like, guys, no, 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 we can swing this. We can swing this. And I'll go and I'll look at the experience graph and the gold graph, gold graph especially. And it'll have dipped 5%. <laughs> They just don't know how far behind they are. Like, I want to tell them, hey, guys, when was the last time you saw Lifestealer? Because he's just been jungling and accruing gold and power like an unstoppable killing machine. He is just a (laughs) fucking great white on the back of an elephant, and he is going to stomp and chew his way through you in about two seconds. (laughs) Because you don't see that. You know, you have the fog of war. And um, both physically on the map and also from the knowledge of the uh, experience in gold graph that I was describing. So I don't know, like at that, there are stages I think in Dota where it becomes unwinnable because you can't, 
go get the golden experience that you didn't that that exists in the past <laughs> you right. know yeah i actually uh, have a question for you sean just because you clearly played dota a lot more than either rob or, <laughs> oh, rob or no. i now to what extent for professionals is this game kind of a known quantity because at the top levels of league of legends it seems fairly solved for them and they're experimenting and, you know, messing around with however the patches have changed things. But because Dota has a lot more, I guess, sort of moving pieces to it, mm -hmm. uh, are the, are the professionals, you know, kind of totally on top of that or. That's a really interesting question, you know, and I wish I was, I wish I was smarter. I wish I could tell you, <laughs> um, you know, I'm sure somebody who's like a, a like one of the great like uh, announcers, like uh, like Toby Wan or somebody, just has a really succinct answer for this. But I actually think we're gonna find out in a week in the International <laughs> Three because there have been sort of traditional lo like lords who have been banned a lot and this don't get played, and then there's a sort of this pool of the meta that gets selected from and now that we have this sort of stable public release and there's a, like a kind of a critical mass of heroes to choose from, I think you're, we're either going to see a big rehash of what's been happening on the pro scene over the past six months, um, culminate at the international, or we're going to see, um, one of the Chinese teams, um, or somebody like Navi, um, or Quantic, I guess it used to be DD, or you're going to see somebody do something with the heroes that people aren't doing. And if that happens, then who knows? Then I think, who knows what the, the, I don't think it's a cracked puzzle. I don't think it's a, it's not a Rubik's cube where you're just like, how fast can you do it? You know, I think it's, I think, I don't know. I, and I think the answer is going to be a lot clearer in like 10 days. You know, um, that's kind of my philosophy. You know, I've been kind of watching a lot more pro Dota lately, and it's sort of in this it's in this trough right now, coming out of last year's international, where you where certain heroes are just uh, always around. You know, I think when people, I think we're gonna if they come out of the trough during international three, it's gonna be really interesting, and if not, it's still gonna be exciting. It's gonna be fun to watch, but I think it'll just we'll know that the next sort of phase of dota maybe isn't out there um i doubt that's the case to be perfectly honest mm -hmm. yeah I, I don't i don't know it's always funny it's like okay i'm watching a pro match so there's going to be a dark seer there's going to be a gyrocopter there's going to be a chen you know life stealer um uh is going to make an appearance or at least be banned you know wisp is going to be banned or io i guess his name is now um those are the things you can sort of expect and it'll be interesting to see which of those coming out of the international three is no longer an assumption. You don't just assume those things anymore because of the way people are putting five heroes together. Uh, that's kind of exciting. I think. How do you think Dota two holds up as a spectator experience? Um, Cause I, I watch it some, but not, not enough to really say. I really love it as a, as a spectator experience with great commentary. You know, the guys from beyond the summit are amazing, are really, really phenomenal. Just, and 
I was lucky enough to go to the International 2 last year after only really playing the game for three or four months. I had no idea what I was watching. And live, it was bonkers. It was so good. It was so energetic, and it had that soccer feel of back and forth, back and forth, and the sort of like rolling tide of the crowd uh, right there alongside the, the, the push and pull of the two teams, way more than um, having watched... Uh, Starcraft, I think out of the gate, something crazy can happen from second one, then you don't really get that too much. And you get that sometimes in Starcraft, but uh, it's fair. You don't think that some of the more, I guess, esoteric pieces of the gameplay hinder that viewing experience. Um, As I I know they don't, you know, for Starcraft 2, even though there are a million little things going on, you can enjoy it like on a very top line level. Um, I think they probably do, to be honest. I mean, I think they do, but I think it's so funny because I'm speaking from my own weird experience, (laughs) you know, like my first pro Dota, like the first time I ever laid eyes on a pro Dota match, it was live at the International 2. So I have this really weird experience where I just associated it with this energy Mm -hmm. and this enthusiasm that the people around me were having. And that was infectious enough to where I got really into it. But I think if you try to just go on to Twitch on a Saturday morning and watch it, eh, maybe not. It's not going to happen. You know, I don't know. Right, like, right. I, like I said, I think the the Beyond the Summit guys have done um, just a tremendous job being really intelligent about the game and uncovering some of the layers that you wouldn't see if they weren't there. I think that's cool. right. I just, you know, from just from a spectator perspective, uh, perspective but also just when you're learning the game the the thing that's really tricky is 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 so many things will happen at once once you get like a you know any any mid-sized engagement right like you know two three people from each team involved uh so many things will sort of pop at once that mm-hmm. sorting out like i would need to analyze these plays like they're the zapruder film to figure out exactly what the hell just happened and how that play unfolded and how the decisions that people were making actually had an effect on the overall fight. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah, it can and people really have. Hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it can actually be ridiculously it was, um, to prize that apart when you're trying to learn it. Yeah, there was, I mean, there. I was actually, Chris and I were at the International to for the Navi IG semifinal match uh-huh, uh-huh. where um, in the span of like three seconds, there was just an insane, like there was a Naga siren that there was a Naga siren tide hunter enigma Rubik juggernaut enchantress, just orgy <laughs> that happened <laughs> right around Roshan and everybody cast their spells in a perfect like ballet in the course of like three seconds and it just looked like a supernova (laughs) but navi wiped the other team and everybody went ballistic and people have slowed it down to a thousand frames per second and put it on youtube oh my god uh, i think you search for like turn of the tide dota 2 a thousand fps and it's like an (laughs) eight minute frame by frame of this engagement and it's incredible like if you can appreciate that then you're probably gonna like dota if you're like this is 
some nerd bullshit like you're, you're not even listening to this podcast yeah. at this stage so whatever <laughs> um it's actually uh you can see there's a discussion about that on the idle thumbs forums and the dota today thread but um uh where people are just like going through and talking about every every th- player action which is really cool but yeah i mean this the zapruder film is a great reference to uh i mean it's a great comparison to this uh this 1080p thousand fps youtube <laughs> that is up for one dota engagement i mean if you like i said like if that is interesting to you that a game can produce that artifact maybe you would like dota if you think that is way too much you will not like dota <laughs> like it's just what, you know what, what i find um it, it's just funny because it's like uh, you know you can appreciate you you know i sort of where i'm at right now i i sort of and I guess to an extent, I'm, I'm there with LOL as well. But with maybe even Dota more so, it's like you can see these high-level games. And it's actually really fascinating to watch, like, uh, you know, pro teams, uh, you know, go through picks and bans and everything, like, where they are, where they, you know, they are not just playing the game, but they're playing, like, they have scouted each other, you know? It, oh, it's, naturally, they're, yeah. Yeah. And and they have such a good handle on you know okay well you know with our game plan we don't want them to have you know the you know this hero and this hero we'll let them have this one and then we'll counter it with this guy that is really fascinating and then you see the team fights unfold and it comes down to that positional gameplay you were talking about earlier where you know everyone is you know trying to get on the same page be in the right place right time do things in the right you know order of operations to to win the fight and I feel like when you start off, you kind of want to do that. Like it's, 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 it's sort of a game where it's like, you can sort of see like, well, you know, man, if I cut through the trees here and came up, came up behind them and cut them off from the line of retreat, we could, you know, really, you know, we could really cut them up. But the problem is that, you know, setting up, you know, setting up a, a gank like that just isn't going to work if you haven't done the hard work of, you know, learning how to last hit so that you have the a beefy enough hero to mm-hmm. make that happen. It's like there's this there's it's like there's this level of gameplay that you can sort of see, and the game will sort of let you like faint in that direction. But really, every time you try to do that, you're going to get slapped down and be sort of sent back down to the miners, which is no 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 no. You got to like no stay in your lane and just work on last hitting these dudes and do that for thirty hours. And then you can, you know, and then you can start playing the game. You know, at that at that low level, it's almost like a fighting game. And then once you've like learned all those moves, then okay, okay, fine. Well, now now you can start playing the tactical game. Now you can start playing the team game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's sort of like that kid in gym who like watched Alan Iverson way too much, just be <laughs> like a magical ball hog during his heyday of the seventy sixers, <laughs> and then was like. That's just what I'm going to do when we play basketball and gym and just fail spectacularly. <laughs> I don't know. Like it's, uh, there's so many like sports analogies to Dota, which is kind of trite and bullshit, I guess at one point, but um, yeah, I don't know. I like the, like that's another thing I always like about the game. I like the phases. This is the phase where I'm like, I'm just sort of focusing and not trying to die and like keeping map awareness, but all in the name of, uh, either making myself or the person I'm in this lane with more powerful. So at the 15, 20 minute mark, we can go do some dark work. 
that's that's you know or if i'm a you know and the, I, I like that i like that about the game you know and it's fun i don't know i like to like focus on one thing where it's like okay like i'm gonna become a really good jungler i'm gonna become a really good like early ganker you know i cannot focus on those things and then just make sure to not pick uh lords that benefit the most from those from those actions but uh, i like focusing on those things you know, you bring up jungling, yeah. though, and that's another position, too, that, I mean, does that position even really exist properly until you've hit a certain level of, of game where, you, like, certain people you're playing with? You know, it's funny. So I, I spoke about my friend Pierre, who got into the game like, four or five months ago. He got into jungling, like, week six, because he liked Lifestealer. So he just watched a YouTube about how to do it efficiently. And... The answer is still no, to be honest, because I think <laughs> there's a level of like you're moving between these neutral creep camps, right? And you're devouring them for golden experience. But you have to know. But yet at the same time, the resource you're spending is time, but also your own health because right. they're doing damage to you. So you have to know when to heal. You have to know when not to take damage. You have to know when those creep camps are going to respawn. So... If I don't clear this creep camp right now, I'm not going to get another one for a minute. You have to know when to sort of uh, pull them out of their home. So when <laughs> they come back, there's a new camp there already. Like, there's just crazy shit that you have to know to be really, really good. And also, oh, I'm going to eat this tree right here because there's a mechanic where if you eat a tree, you're given back health. Because that makes sense. <laughs> um, uh but that's going to allow me a quicker path to this next neutral creep camp. Therefore, my golden experience over time ratio goes up because I got there faster. You know, I don't know. Like, it's a, I'm not good at it, and I haven't really like put much time into trying to be good at it. But people who are good at it are amazing. You know, uh, and I think you can. It's just, you just have to choose if that's what you're going to be good at. I think that's a really like high degree of difficulty thing to choose early on. You know. So, Tom, don't want to play Dota now that this has all been described to you. <laughs> I kinda, well, actually, I kind of do. You uh, reader at home, isn't this exciting stuff? <laughs> Tom, I wanted to ask you though, like, you know, obviously the 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 big the the big sort of competitor for for King of the Genre has to be like League of Legends, and I, I think from an outside outside perspective, these games would look very hard to prize apart. Like, what's really different about them but you spent a fair bit of time with both and a lot of time with league and i'm curious what are some of the clear choices you what are, what are some of the, the places where the where the people behind these games have made clearly different choices about how to approach this uh, genre well I, I think in league of legends there's and jump in at any time, Sean, to kind of throw your two cents in. Uh, I've played not a single minute of League of Legends, so I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm uh, the worst. Yeah. Yeah. No. There, there's definitely. It feels to me like there's definitely been like a very conscious decision to make things as symmetrical as possible. So I mean that even just begins with the map, and both sides of the map are more or less identical in a way that they're not with. Um, in, in Dota 2, in which you have like these 
I don't know. I feel like on the dire side, are there less uh, jungle camps? Is that is that right? Or There's the same amount same? of jungle camps. They're just in different places. They're just in different places. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's There's the other an thing, ancient so. camp that's kind of tucked away into a weird spot, and there's a secret shop that doesn't exist on... Yeah, it's... There's just... They're not symmetrical. They have... They each have their own advantages and disadvantages, but they're very uh, small to receive. Yeah, so there's there's that, and then there's also... Riot has kind of standardized um, their Lord design uh, in the sense that once you understand the five roles, um, and in particular the way they're, they're very, the abilities are very similar between uh, champions. Now, some are a little more different than others, but if you're a, a certain level of familiarity with the game, you can pick up any champ. It doesn't even matter if it's someone that was newly released and know your way around. And I definitely don't feel like that's the case with Dota 2. Like these champs' abilities or these lords' abilities uh, are... Yes. Yeah, yes. I'm, I'm coming over to your side. Uh, I, I mean, are really, really different and um, kind of unique, even though that they are, you know, they still have some of the same principles like gap-closing skills and crowd control. But uh, that's all been standardized um, in League of Legends in a way that it hasn't here. And that, that's all, I think, just so people can, as Sean uh, rightly pointed out, reach a plateau of fun uh, much faster. And, and in that way, be able to play a game that imitates the professional's game um, much, much more quickly than I think you can in Dota 2. Now, does that get a little bit stale? Does it feel like you're playing variations on the same, like, you know, dozen champs. It, you know, it it does, but I think at the same time they're they're different. They're different from each other enough that it it, it still remains interesting. You know, to kind of yeah, pick kind of like out Street the intricacies. Fighter, right? What's that? You know, it's kind of like Street Fighter, and right. like you know, like Ryu and Ken and and um, uh, like Akuma and all these guys are are very similar, but they have these, uh, these nuances that as you start to pick them apart are probably, it's probably a very fulfilling process. I'm just yeah. guessing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, I mean, I think that's a great comparison. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, it's so dumb and this is a petty thing to say, but the thing I can judge it on is aesthetically. I really like the look of Dota. I really love, I mean, I kind of, lo- I'm kind of like a, just a dork fanboy for valve art design and in general, you know, I think there's just a level of um, the color design, how like the paint, like the painterly nature of the map itself. Well, I mean, it's uh, fair to say it's a good looking game and League of Legends is yeah. not a good looking game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't want to poo on, on League for, yeah, not looking like Dota, but I just think Dota is just a really regardless if you don't if you never play it like you can look at a screenshot of it and, or zoom in on the map and just really appreciate the artistry and the craftsmanship that goes into the art and animation of the game i, I don't know i'm really well I'm and really i, I think it, it was a conscious decision on league's part both to kind of have you know the widest available number of or people play it by having kind of low running requirements but also yeah. the game is just more the artwork just makes it more abstract. Um, so I think mm-hmm. it's a little easier to prize apart what's going on uh, mm-hmm. on screen than, than it is with Dota, which is has 
kind of a, I mean, it's closer, it's not photorealistic at all, but it's closer to that ideal. And mm -hmm. it's easy, I think, to lose details, you know, um, in a way that it's not as easy to do with League. Yeah, I, I think maybe it's maybe a little bit more about the animations, even. Like, I don't know, like, like League has this really um, sort of snappy look, right? Like, part of it is maybe just the way the characters control as well. Mm -hmm. Sort of that instant, like, response. They turn on dime. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's no sense that these things have, like, physical mass or momentum. They're just all these, you know, Italian sports cars, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then well, when they... if I'm wrong, but even in the art design, there's, like, um, they do almost, like, shader outlines on things. Oh, yeah, on, yeah. In, in, yeah, and that's that's not really present. They have highlights and stuff um, in, in Dota, but it's more of a texture... Uh, technique than it is a like hardline shader thing so i think snappy is probably a, a pretty good descriptor rob well and that's maybe i think one thing that I, I i sort of maybe ease the transition into league of legends a little more than i've had with 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 dota i, I don't know this is this is this is where you get into this really like um I hate talking about things that are that are so incredibly subjective, right? Like how does like how does a game communicate uh, the relative power of an attack? You know, like does it does it feel like it it, it has impact? Uh, d does a character look like they're about to? You know, when, when a character draws back a bow, does this look like sort of the uber kill sniper shot, or does mm -hmm. it look like an archer drawing back a bow for? You know what I mean? Like those things are a little. Those things can be tough to sort of figure out. One thing I guess I like about uh, League of Legends is that while the art art style and the graphics tend to be fairly simple, when characters do things, everything about that animation and movement seems to roughly communicate some like intuitive understanding of what you know what what's going on there you know when it, when it, when a characters get bounced into the air you know it's obviously they're sort of uh, discombobulated and stunned during that during that bounce when a character goes like vaulting over a tree line and lands and it's just like you know this earth-shattering explosion when this guy comes down it, it again sort of communicates like ah i know i have a rough like understanding of what's happening here and with i don't know with, with dota in some ways it is it always felt to me and i, I guess it still feels a little bit like that to me the, the effects are almost like and this is weird to say for a Lord's Management game where nothing is subtle, but the effects themselves almost feel too subtle. Well, I think it's like a percentage of the whole, right? Because I think I think any given screen of Dota 2, again, speaking from somebody, like, I'm probably going to just get hated on by big league fans here. I think it's probably trying just to communicate... Just ahead, there are no big league fans here. Oh, good. <laughs> I think they're probably trying to communicate more visual information per square inch in a Dota screen than in a League of Legends screen given um like you talked about the amount of detail right the amount of detail on a character like you can equip different boots and different gloves on a lord in dota and then you can those are that's a perceptible detail at any given moment right in the game if you look close enough that's freaking bonkers like that's nuts and that ties directly to dota's sole monetization scheme which is kit out your guys with rare loot. Yeah, yeah. For the, you know, and I think that's why the game has to have that level of detail. So it's like if the like if you think of all the pixels on the screen, if you know, 1% of them make up the animation for Windrunner's like 
really badass bow draw mm-hmm. where she hurts a lot of people with the well, I can't remember the name of it. But um Oh god, yeah. You know, whereas that same move might take up five percent of the like digital space on screen and lol, like that's it's easier to see, you know, but I think uh I I think Dota is just about the perceiving the nuance of the details like i was saying before and that's just the that's they that's the stake they put in the ground as designers and you know i don't think that makes it better it just kind of makes it different i prefer it but it doesn't make it necessarily better uh because i do think i mean you talked sort of about like the subjectivity of visual of the animation yeah <laughs> of like oh that feels like a kill shot mm-hmm. uh, i hear what you're saying by the word subjective but i'm i kind of get concerned that like subjective ends it makes it feel like well some people just don't think that that looks like a kill shot i mean game design is communication no, right no, i no, I, like... I think it's yeah i i know like whenever you bring subjectivity right you you're, you hear echoes of the the, the forum guy right who's right exactly <laughs> i guess more what i mean is something that's like more intangible more uh mm-hmm. elusive to describe yeah i think it's definitely more elusive to describe but i think it feels very I think there. I think Dota does a pretty good job of in its art and animation, and especially in its audio. Actually, I think the audio of the game is is amazing. Uh, doing is communicating the effect of an ability, item, or uh, skill in the way that, in general, a human being can either learn that's that information means something or instantly perceive it based on just what it's like to be a person like oh that was a really loud bang i bet that did a lot of damage (laughs) you know that sort of thing um you know they just changed when you pop your mechanism and your mechanism is an item that does uh healing in an aoe uh in a like area of effect excuse me they just changed the audio on that to just be this like crazy gong and it just feels like you're healing your friends way more than it did before. And call that subjective or not, but I think it's sort of the gray area around around thumbs up or thumbs down. And if, I think it thumbs up does, yes, it does feel like you're he- like you're like you're having a proportional effect to the surrounding lords that the item is intended to have. And that's just game design, you know. I mean, that's like the way an actor reads a line in an adventure game can mean the player solves the puzzle or it means they're stuck in a room for an hour. You know, I think those impercept, those tiny nuances are make for good game design. Sometimes though, I, I do feel like the, the the visual information, like, I mean, some of these alts are just bonkers and the, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and you especially notice that coming from league because They've 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 really standardized how much visual information the most extreme spells in in or abilities in league yeah. are are uh, kind of putting across on screen, and in Dota it seems like that that kind of conservatism was just never even considered. It's like oh we want to have a meteor that comes down and just destroys the earth. Great. What, what the hell's the old? No, the, I totally uh... think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Ron. What's the, what's the alt with the, like, it's just this endless, like, tidal wave of ghosts? 
Oh, that's that's Death Prophet, right? So yeah. she just produces like I think it's like twenty four. I think is the number of like transparent green ghosts that just it just overwhelms your monitor. Though it's just yeah, like, you gotta just get away. Yeah. Like, okay. yeah, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. Yeah, but when you're it's that gorgeous. guy, when it's you're gorgeous. Death Prophet, and you're just like emanating this 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 wave of destruction, it feels so good. It's so good. So I think like well, it does look like some like truly I, lordly shits happening there too. Like this is yeah, absolutely in Warcraft three, but like a generation or two later. You know, it's like I don't think I'm like like not to like I don't know. Maybe I just might be making some kind of bold declarations for like from like from afar but dota seems to me having talked to the guys working on it and just sort of like i've been in the pit of at valve with the dota team they're really concerned their concern is when a player does this thing is it gonna feel rad and they're not concerned with oh but are the other players gonna feel shitty you know it's sort of there's two sides to that coin, obviously, right? We're like, oh, God, there's ghosts everywhere. Fuck. <laughs> um, they're not worried about that. They're worried about the guy who's running around as this go- as this queen ghost with baby ghostlings flying out of her face, eating all of, her, eating all of the enemies and going like, yeah, that's the best, you know? <laughs> and I think they make decisions like that. Like, obviously, there's that's sort of like the, the catalyst for, yeah, we're going to do that. And then it has to go through um, like sort of a, a balance machine, you know, and like how are we going to implement the game and make sure it doesn't break the game and things like this, obviously. But I feel like the Dota 2 team is pretty small and driven by is this going to feel rad to do or to pull off or to execute? And thumbs up, let's see if we can get it in the game. Thumbs down, we can find something better. And I just appreciate game design like that. That's really, I mean, that's how Jake and I design games. Is it going to feel rad when you discover that this character is, you know, whatever? Yes, go in the game. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not competitive, so we don't have to worry about the other side the way competitive game designers do, the other side of the coin. But um, I just really appreciate design like that. I mean, in um, some ways, they're in an enviable position because they're not stuck to this grind of, having to turn out new lords, you know, every right, right. two weeks or whatever it is that League of Legends does. So they can, I, I, I feel like that frees you up to play around with those, um, those things and, you know, people can buy their shoes and hats or, or whatever and <laughs> that way. People can spend their millions and millions of dollars on their shoes and hats. It's so crazy. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, that's a, I think that's smart, right? That's a smart, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be Sorry, interested to see how well that does for Valve. I mean, obviously it's done wildly well for them in Team Fortress 2, but the things I have seen in its early days, you know, in Dota 2, the things I have seen up so far are kind of underwhelming in, in that I, I would not pay, you know, for this particular, I don't know, set of shoulder pieces. Right. Um, I mean, I don't have any like again privileged information. But oh no, I'm not. I'm not between I'm, keys nor am I and between keys and just sort of hearing, like if you go on the polycount forums and things like this about how people are doing when they put out a really valuable item set or a really valuable courier and they're seeing their thirty percent or whatever, the twenty five percent or whatever you get when you're uh, the item creator. I think it's there's probably some shocking 
economics data <laughs> that <laughs> valve has on this game um i think it's uh i mean you can just i mean well something that's public right is you can go just reverse engineer how much money is being put up at the international now vis-a-vis how many compendiums have been sold right. and that's a book a digital picture book you know yeah <laughs> it has a yeah. lot of like it's it has a lot cool, of like though. cool it's, it has a lot of really neat unlocks and has sort of like a fantasy sports element to it where you pick guys based on their performance and they're really trying to add value to the compendium but like it's a digital good that's completely tertiary to the core experience of the game and you cannot you have a like what is it at right now i can you know like it got up to what was it it was like two million extra for the prize pool right now the prize pool 1.8 it is at 2.7 million and so that's the 1. original over and above right? yeah or it's one point it's i think it was 1.6 million was the original so it's over a million dollars so that's four million in just compendium purchases because it's a quarter compendiums 10 bucks it's over four million bucks in compendium purchases um they put 250 for every compendium purchased into the prize pool so there's 750 going to valve uh kind of crazy yeah Yeah, but at the same time you know like every every publisher on the planet is rushing to make their loma right now like just (laughs) yeah like there's there's five lomas in development that we don't know about and who i mean maybe more i don't see this as remember when warcraft was just kicking ass in our world of warcraft yeah. like how many you know i think there is a lot of like us two-ness it's about to happen a lot of people are about to lose a lot of money who knows you know what how long the economics of dota specifically can can sustain i don't know you know yeah people have a tendency to just be like oh look at this graph and five years from now we're going to take over the NBA, you know, like, no, that's not really true. That's not going to happen. Yeah. That's, that is, that is, I think going to be a problem for games that are later to this space. uh, Certainly. I think like, uh, I look at infinite crisis under development by, you know, turbine and that looks pretty good. Uh, when I played it, it, it definitely had potential. Um, I, I'd say that as a decent chance with the, uh, you know, with the backing of like the DC licensing behind it to get like a pretty sizable audience. But if you don't have something like that, uh, boy, if you're, if you're coming into this space with like fantasy crap, like good luck. Yeah. Also, I mean, look, I'm it's just not a publisher issue. I'm, like exactly, only, right? you, I mean, I'm either going to have to one of like I can't play League of Legends and Dota 2 equally. Like one has to take the back burner mm-hmm. in order to kind of fully understand them both and be good at them both. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, it's it's like you only have room for one of these in your life, really. Yeah. It's funny when you said time issue, I I thought you meant development time because oh. I was like, <laughs> like I'm not a like Look, I don't know what goes on in the mind of a publisher CEO, but maybe I don't want to compete with the company that has an unlimited amount of game development capital, some of the most talented developers in the world, and this has a five-year head start on me. Just maybe I'll not attack that specific game. I don't know. Well, it I, just I, doesn't. I think one thing that sort of caught my eye is uh, the fact that 
So End of Nations, they sort of threw the RTS MMO idea under the bus, and Tryon are now making it a MOBA. Uh, but what's interesting is it's not going to be a Lord's Management game, and this is why ultimately uh, I think the Lord's Management disti- distinction is actually so crucial. Because if you say it's a Lord Management game, you know exactly what you're talking about. There's going to be a lordly right. dude casting spells and shit. You're going to manage a lord. Yeah. And on a playing field, which is but, sort of gets back to what I was saying, like at the beginning, which is I just don't like genre structure. Like, just make look if you make a really cool and compelling multiplayer game that can fit into the diet of a competitive gamer or just of somebody who likes connected multiplayer games, it's going to be fine if it, even if it doesn't prescribe to the tenets of Aloma. Like, well, I, Monday Night Combat is a fun game, and people kind of say it's a Loma. I'm like, it's not really a Loma. You know, it's just a really deep, competitive shooter. Uh, no, I just I think what gets people killed is, yeah, you start looking at the revenue of these games that have become these juggernauts and have been in place for years. And then you think, well, I could get in on that and take some percentage of that for myself. Right. That's, that's, that's not how it works at all. You're better off, like, you know, when, when League of Legends started, they didn't think it was going to be a huge thing. I mean, I remember talking to them last year, and they were talking about, you know, when they launched, like, a million users was kind of their, like, pie in the sky, like, boy, wouldn't that be great? Boy, we'd have really done something there, uh, you know, if, we'll be, <laughs> if we're lucky to get a, get a million. And, I mean, now look at it. Um, yeah, you you yeah. don't go in expecting you're going to crank one out of the park with three men on base. No, of course not. It's so funny, and also like 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 oh, look at the numbers. We got to get in on this. I think I kind of look at it, and maybe this is wrong, right? I don't know. I'm sh- this is my philosophy. I kind of compare it back back to sports. It's sort of it's like looking at a rookie. It's like okay, I'm like 22, and I'm like oh man, like. This guy coming out of college just signed with, you know, the Arizona Cardinals and got a thirty-two million dollars signing bonus. Fuck! I better become an I better become a football player fast. <laughs> like I think is that yeah. how you broke your leg? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was trying to walk on to the uh, San Francisco 49ers and Patrick Willis just snapped it like a toothpick. Um, I don't know. That's just the kind of the way. It's also just not creatively interesting just to just target a genre and say we're competing in that space. That's something a businessman does. I'm a, I make games, you know, like my other, there's a chunk of my brain that has to be resolved for the business stuff, but that is in service of the thing I get to make, you know, um, says the guy know. with access to the walking dead property says, says he, Hey, I didn't go get no, that. No, no, that is kind of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but no. So, so to wind this down, though, I, I guess um, something I wanted to just bring out of this is just I, I feel like these games have this reputation for if you aren't going to marry this game, don't even bother. You know what I mean? Like if you're not going to sync, like you know, like this this becomes your this becomes your go-to game for years and years. Maybe not the game you play every day, but like the thing you come back to. Uh, you know, when you're not sure what else you want to play. Um, do, you, do you feel that's sort of a mandatory level of involvement for these games? Like, do you think this is a game that pays out for people, maybe who are just more cu- curious, a little more casual? From my personal experience, so I started playing League of Legends, I guess, about three years ago. And uh, that's kind of what it had to become. Like, I stopped playing other video games 
And it took me a good year to just not be awful at the game. And I had another friend who who played it uh, about the same time as I did. He had played Battlegrounds and World of Warcraft. He picked up on it much faster than I did. So I could definitely be sort of the slow learner outlier in this whole situation. But uh, it, yeah, I mean, it, it <laughs> it's not totally untrue that it's a much heftier time commitment than it is with other games. Yeah. You know what's funny is like, the people who I hear say, like, because I, I, I agree with you, Tom. Like, I, the thing, because you, you don't have the attitude of, like, don't even try. It's not for you. Too hardcore. Like, I hate that. Like, it's so dumb. It's just sort of like, it's a free game. You can download it, play the tutorial for free. I would suggest get a friend to also do that with you, play some bot matches, and then see if you like it. You know, I don't know. I mean, I think there's got to be a because like, I'm not good at the game. Like I don't think I'm particularly skilled at the game at all. I'm fascinated by it and I'm curious about it, and I think that makes that's why I'm talking to you. But like, I don't know. I think I don't know. It's it. You wouldn't get into anything in life if you had to check the box next to it before you started. Yes, I will marry this game, and this will be the game that is the end all game for me. You know, and you wouldn't get into literally anything. I wouldn't have not broken my leg rock climbing if I thought that was, you know, if I thought I was going to have to be doing it in three years, you know. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, and I kind of think about that sometimes. Like, am I, how long, when am I going to, like, sort of peter off? Because it's like, I know it'll happen. But at the same time, like, I wrote this big check, right? Like, Nick and I started a Dota podcast <laughs> because we thought it'd be fun, you know. And uh, we that didn't weekly, think... Correct? It was, then I broke my leg, and then we kind of realized that weekly, it was alongside the reali- realization that weekly was just going to be too much. So we're going to try like bi-weekly, and it's really more of an interview show at the stage where it's yeah. like, let's just find somebody who plays this game and talk to them about what they like about games, period, and mm-hmm. through the like the lens of Dota sometimes. And that's really been fulfilling. Like We had our buddy Greg Kasavin from Bastion on a couple weeks ago, and that was great, and Brad Muir from Double Fine has been on. and it, We talk about Dota, but then we also just talk about life and how people got into the industry and like you you know like interesting anecdotes and stuff like that and that's just fun sitting around like talking to your friends about the industry so we're kind of morphing it a little bit into something like that but um we're actually going to record one tonight so that'll just be nick and i doing some reader mail i think though yeah i mean i i think everybody should try the game i mean definitely uh and then you just may find yourself sucked into it i mean that's that's really what it comes down to but that you're absolutely right i mean there's nothing and probably three-fourths of the people playing these games are you know not hardcore at all and play it what maybe once a month yeah i was gonna say three-fourths of these people playing this game are dudes from sao paulo brazil who will scream at you in Portuguese, <laughs> but uh, which yeah. is is vastly um, preferable to being that in English. I have to say. Oh yeah, naturally, naturally. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard for me to tell. I've always wondered that. I'm I'm always like, you know, how good, you know, how how many of these people are actually playing ranked and are really good at this, and you know, is it really just a case of seventy five percent are just the silent majority that enjoy this game now and again? Yeah, I mean, I think that's there's something to be said for that, you know, and I think, I don't know, yeah. like you can't let sort of the mystique of something sway your opinion about it ever, yeah. 
Yeah. You know, and like that goes for like anything. It's like, well, everybody thinks this movie's great. And then I walked out and I didn't like it. So I didn't, I couldn't say I didn't like it. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I think you can't let like, oh, it's too aggressive or it's too hardcore or you have to, you know, give up part of your life for it. Like you kind of like, if you let the mystique of something drive your digestion of it or your curiosity about it, then you're kind of like, you're kind of living not the best yeah. life i think and I, I i my hope would be is that player bases for these games continue to grow that you know you'll have these kind of discrete communities in the game that you know don't make it so it's like heroes of new earth and everybody just had to be so hardcore to to have a good time and not get you know lamp or <laughs> not get torn apart, you know, in the middle of a game for not being great. And I feel that way with Dota. I mean, I having played um played a couple matches last night, which had been the first time in a couple months, and it felt like I don't know, it just didn't feel harsh and it just felt like people were just kind of there to play and enjoy and then move on. I said it on Dota today, but I think I said it to Nick that I think the um communi- the, the communication mute system is working. Yeah. I feel like getting getting that message that says you're not allowed to speak for 24 hours, 48 hours, or whatever, yeah, or yeah. you know, you, hey, you abandoned too many matches, so go to go to purgatory and play with all the other degenerates. <laughs> I think that stuff works, yeah. you know. And I think Valve is hyper concerned about the on a, on a data on a data driven level about how that stuff works, yeah. and because they understand that a healthy community is the only thing that's going to keep this thing alive. So yeah. Yeah, I think it's, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's really rare that I get, it's like if somebody says something stupid to me, it's like instantly reported for communication and then muted and then I continue to have fun. It takes like two and a half seconds of my life to to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, the, the reason I sort of a- asked that question of you guys uh, a few minutes ago is just I do, having, having come back to the game a little more since it came out of beta and everything, it, it has... I, I think there's a danger, and I think wargamers do this too, where you almost take like a perverse pride in how inaccessible and unwelcoming a game is, uh, to the yeah, point where I you hate can that. playing that up way yeah, past the point of any so reality. Much. I think it's so stupid. Ugh. It drives me crazy. Yeah, and I Ugh. think games have a huge problem with this, where there's this whole like, well, I like this thing, but I kind of want to pull the ladder up to the treehouse. I want to pull it up behind me. Uh, and make clear that like no no you gotta you gotta earn your place at this table um, which is yeah. just, which which is just silly and yeah I do think it has improved a lot I remember when I was playing a year ago just being a bit you know j- just giving up a couple kills in lane and you start getting these ma- you know the messages like oh just quit out uninstall buy a fucking guide you know just get out stuff like that like just really like negative like hey this is my third game and oh god we're going to lose okay well this is going to be fun that, that that seems to have dried up uh to to to, to a fair degree yeah or at least been drowned out like all the yeah. guys who came over from because I never played the original mod so I'm sure a lot of those guys were just original Dota guys, you know, who were playing the mod. Be like, look, oh, we, yeah. this is, you know, get off my turf. I've been here for 10 years. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, it's sort of like, it's like uh, how the Fox News audience just kind of keeps dying because they're getting <laughs> It's like they're just sort of getting drowned out by reason. Um, I really apologize if I offended anybody with that comment. But <laughs> yeah, apologize. Yes. Email, email Nick at idlethumbs.net for all right. email. Fuck Nick. 
Uh, <laughs> all right, so that'll do it for tonight's show. Uh, Sean, Tom, thank you so much for joining me and talking Dota for an hour. Uh, and enjoy the international this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Thanks so much, Rob and Tom. It was a real pleasure to meet you. Uh, yeah, thanks same. for the chat. Yeah, man. Great. Be well. All right. You too. That does it for three moves ahead. Until next week. Good night. <laughs>